live with my husband and three small children. It happened the first year I was working at an outpatient clinic in Zurich. I was seeing someone for the first time. I didn't have much of an idea what it was about. Just It was a 40-something-year-old woman, a mother, and she was going through a rough time. We were sitting opposite each other, and uh, I was about to start my usual first encounter questions. But she turned around and rummaged through her bag, pulling out a folder of papers, and laid them out on the table. I found these questionnaires online, she said. They're very relevant to what I think I have, and I've already filled them in for you. This woman had diagnosed herself with light autism and ADHD before I'd asked her if she'd managed to find her office easily enough. She continued, You see, my daughter just got the Asperger diagnosis, and since it's hereditary, it pro probably also explains why I'm having issues. I was baffled. I did not know which words to push from my mouth. But honestly, what, what are you going to say as a therapist? I listened in on several very experienced therapists dealing with ridiculous situations like these in exceedingly elegant ways. The patient never getting offended or even feeling a little rejected. And I remember thinking, how the heck am I going to become such a smooth talker? It would cause me a decent amount of anxiety. An easy and not infrequent way out, I think, is to grant every request and say, you're probably absolutely right. Let me write a long letter to the social insurance to have to have you reduce your weekly work hours and and let's get you started on Ritalin, which is methylphenidate, a stimulant with dependence and tolerance potential similar to amphetamines. I didn't study this long to become some guard dog for tax money and reason. Another diagnosis that has increased its prevalence significantly over the last 30 years is PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. So much so that the new diagnostic manuals are tightening the criteria to receive the diagnosis. The most interesting change, I think, has been the definition of what constitutes a traumatic event. It used to be quite clear that the traumatic event in question is, and I'm quoting, likely to have the same effect on anyone experiencing it. Examples being concentration camps, slavery. In this recent study, they found that 30% of the traumas are interpersonal network experienced trauma, whatever that is. Then I ask myself, who am I to put someone's experienced trauma in doubt? However, what happens if I don't? A study that is relevant here states that ADHD has tripled in rates in the past 20 years. Bipolar disorder has doubled overall, with the childhood diagnosis increasing 40-fold. And rates of autistic disorder have increased by more than 20-fold. In the U.S., the yearly prevalence of a mental disorder is reported at 20 to 25% with a 50% lifetime rate. And Europe is not far behind. The line between truly mentally ill and troubled normal person has become so blurred it is overloading not just the psychiatric institutions but all the other doctors' offices, decreasing the accessibility for those who are truly dependent on them. But that is just a byproduct. The true problem is with these specific labels that are getting so popular, Asperger's syndrome, autism, ADHD, PTSD, bipolar, and now also dissociative disorders, 
they don't come off. They will follow the person for life. It will define them. And given early enough, kids and teens will form their identity around them. The treatment consists mostly of restructuring your environment to better accommodate whatever this illness may be. What we see now in the generation entering adulthood is the search for a victim status. It's become how they set themselves apart from their peers. You'd be surprised at how many young people say they have neglectful or abusive parents. It often makes me question what I'm being told in the session, but even to me, summoning a patient's whole family to verify their report seems a little excessive. So, in this widespread trend of what is your victim status, I wonder if we, both therapists and patients, aren't being set up to fail. It goes without saying that these disorders are terrible for the sufferers and they should be treated to the best of our abilities. But the numbers above are telling a story different than discovering the previously undiscovered sufferers. I suggest, when in doubt, after filling in the questionnaires, to help people look past their victimhood and approach life with courage. Thank you for listening to Psychobabble. I hope you enjoyed this content. To see which sources I use, go to Psychobabble on Substack and look at the article related to the subject. And if you'd like to share it with a friend, have a nice day.